Yo, 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 what's up, gang? Um, it's Aloe back again back again with another episode of the Aloe cast. Today I have Nick Bregis from Contractors Creative. Um, he's their CRO, um, really smart guy. And so I just wanted to I wanted to bring him on because I've interviewed a lot of people for Money Twitter, and I wanted to kind of get someone who's crushing it outside of Twitter just to show you guys that it's a lot that can be done. And so Nick, take it away. What's up, man? Thanks for having me. I met Dennis one month before I had met you and we was just out and about and he was like, come to the office. You, sh you should meet my COO um, and he'll show you a lot of things. Right. And so the first time I met you, you had pulled up like the notion, the notion deck. And you was talking about like the different triggers on like what, what happens in certain scenarios if you guys weren't generating leads for your clients. And so I was just like, wow, like this dude, like it was, I, I thought you like it seemed like you had like 30 years of experience doing what you did. Right, but we're like the same age. And so I just want to know like when you got started in like business in general, have you always been like inclined business wise? And then like when you got started as like the operational ways of contractors creator? Yeah, for sure. So um I guess for me getting started, I've always had a knack for looking at things for what they are, which is no matter what it is, right? Every circle has like a piece of the pie, right? And they all these tiny details always make up the bigger picture. And I've always had a knack for kind of dissecting what that looks like um, and seeing how they all fit together and kind of making it all make sense. And kind of going through and doing that growing up, you start to learn that as things piece together, right, different things serve different purposes. You can optimize what things do and the purposes that they serve. Right. And so I've always had a knack for like business and entrepreneurship. I wouldn't say that like, I jumped into my entrepreneurship at an early age. I actually waited till I was quite older for a couple of different reasons. Um, but for the most part, when I was younger, I was more interested in like hanging out with my friends, right? Going out, partying, all that stuff, right? College life, high school stuff, um, going to football games, having fun. Um, it wasn't until I got older that I decided to you know, hop into my entrepreneurship journey. So, um, kind of how I got started in the space was once upon a time, I dropped out of college. Um, I think it was like towards the end of my junior year, I dropped out and I started working at a roofing company in Coppell named Jopco Roofing. A good buddy of mine from the time, his name was Jacob. He offered me a position to come help door knock and make some money. Um, and, you know, through, uh, through doing that, I realized that when I was going out knocking on doors and like trying to figure it out, I, I pretty much instantly realized like, this is a vastly inefficient way of conducting prospecting. We're like doing business, right? And that kind of sparked this interest in me to start learning how to do marketing and as well, um, and as well kind of find other ways to be at 10 doors at once, which is exactly what marketing is. It's something I like to say to a lot of people in the marketing space. And so I, what ended up happening is actually they were working with a marketing guy already. And this is kind of also came into my interest. His name was Mike. It was an agency called Mignona. Um, I actually ended up working for Mike and um, kind of doing sales for him, kind of learned the ins and outs of the business through kind of talking to him, seeing how he treated his clients and what he did. And then it just kind of snapped all at once. Like there's a huge market opportunity for working with home service contractors. And and I don't know what I don't know what it was, but I just knew that I had to jump on in. So you mentioned Dennis earlier. What I did was I kind of looked at my network. I know that kind of build any business like at least at a startup phase it's not a one-person job you need people that you can count on that you can rely on that are good and 
I, I was following Dennis because we went to the same high school together on Snapchat. And I know that he owned like a web development company. I know that he did like front end media design, all that. And I figured that was going to be the biggest thing that I would lack on on creating an agency. So I reached out to him on Snapchat and said, you know, hey, if, you know, if I could, if I could show you how we could make, you know, X amount of money a month through doing paid marketing, you know, would you be interested in getting on a call? And the, the entrepreneur that he is, he was just like, yeah, of course. And so we got on a call. I kind of showed him my concept. I kind of showed him what I had. He brought some stuff on the table too about, oh, well, we could design it like this. We can make it look like this, approach it like that, kind of from his experience. And then I reached out to a friend of mine in Dallas and I said, hey, like, I have an idea. I think I can make you money if you're doing paid ads. If you're willing to afford some ad spend, I'll work for free until you close a deal. And then if you close the deal, you pay us per month. And then he said, yes. And so we ended up launching a campaign. He got like four leads in his first two days and he closed a deal on his first four days working with us. And from there, we got our first check. And as soon as that moment hit, right, as soon as you get that first check from that first client, you know that you can sell from, if you can sell it to one person, you can sell it to a thousand, if that makes sense. No, yeah, it makes sense. Cause we, we kind of have similar stories cause I dropped it, dropped out of school junior year um, as well. And then when I got my first check, um, the lady actually told me that I did a horrible job because it was like a web design offer. Um, but she was just like, I, I respect you because even though that this sucks, um, you had great communication, X, Y, and Z. And I was just like, all right, cool. Now I just have to go fix like my fulfillment, but everything else I have unlocked. Um, and I got that just from working at a pharmacy and seeing like customer service, like in real time for like four and a half years. Um, and so my next question is, is right. You get, you get a late start to entrepreneurship, right? But like your defini definition of late is like, you're pretty young in the, in the scale of entrepreneurship, right? Because you're 23, 22, right? Uh, 24. 24, damn, old man. <laughs> I know, I feel old, man. Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm 23. Um, I turned 24 this year, though. And so like most entrepreneurs, like they don't get like their real first start or like their real successful business until like their mid 30s. Right. And then you guys, you and Dennis, you guys have created something that, like, like you said before, we kind of hopped on. It's like a cash flow. Um, it's like a cash flow asset that you guys have. Right. And now you guys are just like fixing, like and kind of pulling certain levers to kind of see how much you guys can cash flow and have it not break. And so what was the hardest part getting to this point from when you and Dennis first started working together um, till now? You know, I, I see, I, I, I'm sure we all grown up, like we all see like those, like those like tacky, like gifts or posters on like Facebook, right? When we're young, where it's like success is a road of many failures, right? All those like tacky gimmicky things, right? Like I think the, I think the biggest challenge has been perseverance and like, you know, as you step into this realm of entrepreneurship, like you really do start to understand and see that like you really are filling your way to success because every day as an entrepreneur, if you don't learn something new, if you don't prove yourself right, if you don't prove yourself wrong, you're not doing the right, you're not doing something good. You can only tell what's working and what's not working by what's what's failing around you. And learning to be an entrepreneur is learning to be less reactive and be kind of be more of a proactive planner and then handling how you do react to things that don't work. Because like, everybody has that beginning origin story of like their first client, right? They're like, Oh, I did so bad. Or, you know, Oh, I was like, you think back on it makes you want to cringe. But in reality, it's like, that's just what entrepreneurship is. It's just the art of doing and then persevering. Right. And 
everybody in the very beginning, like where we started, like our ideas, like what our product was, is not what it is today. And the same can go for you and your agency, right? Like you've landed some really amazing high ticket clients. You've really established a really great track record for your clients. It's awesome to see, especially somebody that's our age as well. And I can tell you that your first client from where you're getting that feedback, I can promise you not the same that you're getting now. And so I, I think that, I think that, you know, the biggest challenge has just been failing your way to success and persevering through that and managing the feelings that come behind that, managing the stress and the time management and then kind of this personal sacrifices you have to make to make things work because, you know, you know this, right? Like some days, like you have to do 12 hour days. Like yeah. sometimes those friends call you, they want to go out and you have to put the phone down and you have to, you have to solve problems and because you know, if you don't, they'll never get solved. So I think that's been the biggest challenge. And if it's okay, I want to touch base on what you talked about when it came with uh, like late starts. So I think that, I think that everybody from an entrepreneurship perspective, right? I don't think that there is like an early, I, I guess when I'm saying late, I guess it's more for like me personally, because I feel like everybody has that moment where they make that decision in their life, right? And maybe it happens once or twice, but typically it's onset by something, right? Typically somebody hits 30 years old, something happens, right? And then they decide to react to it. And that's kind of the same with what happened to me. So if, if it's okay with you, I kind of want to share like what made me like, like what was my moment to kind of get into like entrepreneurship. So yeah, bro, let's get into it. Cool. So back in college, I had a friend of mine, his name is Will Emmett. He was like, we were both in a fraternity together and he was like a really, really good friend of mine. And, you know, sadly he had heart problems. He was suffering for his whole life. And, you know, um, you know, sadly one night in his sleep, he passed away because of that. And whenever that ended up happening for me, that was my moment where I, for him, he was always very entrepreneurship driven. He was very, you know, he was very like captain's football team, like star player, right? Like homecoming king as high school, like always the friends of everybody, like amazing guy. And, you know, see somebody like that be taken from this world, right? It's like, I wanted to honor his memory and I didn't know how. And so for me, that was my moment to say, I want to start doing whatever I can to just chase any dreams that I've ever had. And I've always, in the back of my mind, wanted to be an entrepreneur. And in the back of my mind, I've always wanted to go after the things that I wanted. And I never really did too seriously. I was more interested in kind of like what was in front of me. But in that moment, I decided to like, to honor his memory, to honor like one of my best friends, I wanted to get started. And so from that day, like literally like once I, once that moment happened from that day forward, like pretty much like my entire dynamic, my entire persona has changed. And I feel like that's what happens with a lot of people. So you know, people might get started in their 40s, their 30s. Some people we know that are 16 years old, right? I feel like it's just a matter of when does that moment find you? And then when it does, how did you choose to react? If that makes sense. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, rest in peace to, uh, well, that's, uh, I know a little bit too much about having uh, the people around you die and using that as like motivation. Um, but like like for me right i got my entrepreneur start like in high school because i used to i used to do everyone's homework right for like 20 dollars a pop and that's when i realized i was like okay cool if i'm able to like provide value to people like they'll give me whatever i ask for like monetary wise and so i was just like hmm, interesting and then around that time when i was doing people's homework that's when my mom opened up her pharmacy and so by working at my mom's pharmacy i realized that i hate working for other people because like it's like a weird dynamic when you work for your family because like there's no hr 
Like, you know what I mean? You get in trouble at, at home, they're going to take it off you, on you at work. You get in trouble at work, they're going to take it off, um, on you at home. And so I was just like, man, I don't want to deal with this. And so I, I did that, and I was just like, oh, okay, cool. What what can I gain from, like, watching my mom and my dad, like, run the pharmacy? And, like, the biggest takeaways that I got that I harp on whenever I talk to people that are just getting started is that, like, fulfillment and, like, customer service matters more than, like, the actual results that you generate. Because if you're able to have a great customer experience and you're able to fulfill and like honor what you say that you're going to do, it doesn't really matter about the results that you get as long as they're not, they're not dog shit. If you get dog shit results, I can't, I can't help you. you feel me? But if you get like decent results to like good results, then it's, it's a lot that you could, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lot for you to scale because you could always get better at delivering. You can pay people that are better than you at the, at the, at the task at hand. Um, and so college is like, when you when you when you first got your start you went to the uh, roofing company right then you and dennis met right but you know dennis is you and dennis are there, you guys are both serial entrepreneurs right you guys don't, don't just have your agency and stop there right you guys have taken on this taken on his eighty five thousand different initiatives you feel me and then you're like okay cool i have contracts creators we're gonna make this a cash flowing business and then boom we're gonna take the money that we have here and we're gonna parlay that into a solar company right and when i when i was talking with you and dennis, i was just like holy shit like I felt behind, right? Cause I was like, okay, I have big high ticket clients, right? But I'm using my money in different ways and I'm not thinking about, okay, what business can I buy or what business can I start with the money that I'm, I'm generating? And I was just like, okay, that's super interesting. And it was also super cool knowing that you guys got all like the sauce in the game from like the solo company right down, the, like right down the hallway. You feel me? And I saw like the relationship that you guys have with those guys. And I'm like, yeah, these guys, these, these guys get it. And so what made you guys get into like the solar game? I guess it was the market opportunity itself. It's just more of that like itch that comes in, right? Like one one niche that our agency works in is with solar companies. And, you know, we've done a really good job at dialing in our fulfillment for these clients of ours. And, you know, after after kind of seeing what we're able to produce with our paid media and then speaking with people and understanding how their teams work, I realized that saying once again, like we can build a system and a structure to kind of capitalize on this and and once it was there, it's like the market opportunity is there. The go-to-market strategy makes sense, right? The cost starting up is relatively low. Like, let's go make some money. And so we decided to create a brand, do all the legal formation stuff, right? Um, take care of tax things, all, all the necessary boxes you have to check off. And then we acquired some talent to be able to uh, acquire some talent to be able to start executing and just got started. And I guess that's really what made us want to get into it. It's like, just the opportunity alone and the challenge of it. I think that I think that part of the joy of being an entrepreneur isn't just the benefits you get to gain from it, like independence of like any work or anything like that. But I think one of the biggest parts is the experience and the challenge, right? You literally get to do a battle of you versus you every single day. That's what entrepreneurship is. It is literally your system, your business, and whenever it fails, you have to solve it. But regardless, you created the rules that you're playing by. And I see it as like entrepreneurship is like looking into a mirror and kind of seeing what's coming back. But the mirror is instead your employees, your culture, your brand. How happy are your clients? What is the impact you're making on them? Right. Who are the people's lives that you're able to change? Right. Like how much value you bring to the market? That's your mirror coming back to you. And it kind of forces you to step up to the plate. And it forces you to learn skills that you really never thought were capable of getting picked up in the first place. And 
I think that's really what it is. And that's something I really love about the agency space too, man, is that like the agency space is very hard, right? Like fulfillment's not always a straight line when it comes to paid marketing. Every market's different, especially in localized lead gen. All of your clients too are very different, right? They might, you might talk about deliverables, a timeline for it, but you know, for your client, it's always up to interpretation, really how satisfied they are. And then it's also, there's some elements that are completely variable and dependent upon them and their performance outside of what you're able to do. And there's a lot of unique challenges that work against you. But I can tell you this is that it also applies pressure to take coal and turn it into a diamond. And if you know, if you persevere and you react the right way and you listen to what it is, what it is and learn, like you can learn skills that make you top class entrepreneur and just a top class person in general. Yeah, I agree. Um, I saw I shot a podcast episode two days ago with a guy, and we we kind of talked about the same thing about how entrepreneurship is all about the journey, not really the destination. Um, because that's when you're going to be like the most fulfilled when you get to your destination and you can reflect back on all of like the it, like the changes that you've went through. Because even for me, when I first got started, right, I wasn't as mature as I am now. Right. And so now where I'm at right now, I can reflect and look back and be like, OK, cool. I saw the traits that were holding me back and I optimized myself to fix these traits. And now I have more traits that I need to fix and optimize so I could get to like the next level. You feel me? And like that challenge of like growing as a person is like it's not easy. But I feel like as an entrepreneurship, like as an entrepreneur, like you can't be a quote unquote like bad person and be like a successful entrepreneur. You have to have you have to be like fully rounded. You feel me? You have to be like physically strong, mentally strong, spiritually strong, because a lot of things that happen in life are going to break you. Right. And all and what matters is that your clients, right, as much as they say that they care about what's going on in your life, they really don't give a shit. Right. Because at the end of the day, like you're in charge of like, especially with marketing, you're in charge of getting them leads um, and making them more money than they, they can make by themselves. Um, and so my next question is for you. Right. Um, like, like we talked about before the podcast. Right. I want to begin the process of like hiring people and scaling people and then like scaling my agency by leveraging other people's time, right? What was like the biggest challenges that you guys faced? Cause I know that you and Dennis, you guys had some hiccups, um, like hiring like the team out. Um, I remember like the last time we was in the office, <laughs> whatever happened with the, uh, the VA. Um, but like, what was like the challenges that you guys faced? Because you guys put that fire out very efficiently in my opinion. You feel me? And so that's like a skill that I'm lagging on. You feel me? Because I, I just brought on McLean. Um, you can you, like, you, you know, I think you know of him. But I don't think you've met him. He's coming to Dallas soon. So I'll set I'll set that all up. Um, and so he's kind of step. I want him to be like step in the role that you have where it's like, OK, cool. Dennis focuses on this. I, you focus on this. I focus on this. McLean focuses on that. Right. But the biggest thing is that we, me and McLean, we both never hired anybody. Right. And so from your um, experience right, of hiring multiple staff members hiring people at two different agencies what was like what are traits that you look for when you want to bring someone into your companies everything goes with the why um like think of it like this right go back to the analogy of the circle right like every single job every single person every single function in a business is dependent upon the outcome right you want you want new sales, right? You need to get you need to get a sales guy, right? And then sales guy, the list of things they need to do is finite, right? Like there's only so many things they have to do on a day to day basis. And really, the success the success you have with a new hire 
completely depends upon how you structured the role for them to step into that success, right? What are you expecting of them to do? What are, what is the culture in the business, right? What tools do you give to them to allow them to succeed? And then from there, it's about acquiring the right talent. Every, every single thing you could ever want to possibly do in this world from a business or operations perspective, is just a series of things that have to happen in a certain order to get there, right? That's like the step one. If you can build out the perfect, like, and there's, I guess, perfect is a relative term, but if you can build out a very efficient, agile system to drive something from point A to point B with the deliverables well-defined, uh, guides really, really well, well like, like created out, right? Um, from there, it's just about acquiring talent because the biggest thing that I've learned from hiring people and sadly firing, because I see firing as the ultimate failure as a leader, right? That is the ultimate failure as a leader you have to fire somebody because it's on you. But um, the ultimate thing I've learned is that your systems are only going to be as good as the people you introduce into them. Like you can build the perfect system. You can build an efficient like way to find roles, but it's always going to be the person that you bring into that system and bring into that role that's going to determine how successful they are or their outcome inside of it. And so um, what I would say is that the biggest things to look out for or like the biggest things you want to do when you bring somebody on is you need to build that momentum, right? Everybody has a learning curve when they come to a business. Like, like if you can see this, like, Everybody has that hill they have to come up, right? The whole goal as a business owner is driving enough momentum. If you're like rolling a ball to where you're, it's rolling so fast, by the time you drop it, it has enough speed and energy to go over that hill and then go to the other side, which is overcoming the fear, uncertainty, doubt, learning curve, stepping into the role, having product expertise, motivation, dedication, buy into your culture, and then take it to where the momentum builds itself as they start finding success, after they start finding kind of the ideal outcome, they start finding a fit into the culture of the team. Um, once you have, like, once you have those things in place, you can stoke that feeling in a new team member, you can win them for success. But what to look out for in particular is, or the biggest problem is that whenever you're hiring people, people put on a face. Like people are ready for your questions to tell you what exactly what they think you want to hear. You don't only really get to see and measure that authenticity. And so, you have to put systems in place to come around that. Like for example, for our interview questions, I do like 40 interview questions for my interviews. The reason why is because after those first, those first 10 to 15 questions, that person's like, they're sitting up straight, right? They're smiling. They're ready to give you the answers you want to hear. They're, they're already prepared answers, right? But after you get to like question like 20, 25, 30, 40, right? People are not expecting that there's fatigue and once you start getting that fatigue, that veil starts to come down and then you get shorter, more authentic answers that you really get to measure, right? And then secondarily, the biggest thing I've learned is that you want to create uh, like an operational framework post-hire to assess a new person on your team. So you want to be able to have like an initial review period to where every time somebody comes in for a period of time after them being on your team, you can measure their performance you can measure their buy-in and then you can systematically build up the culture, build up their education and their skill set around their role. And that's like the biggest thing I've seen to be able to prevent. And that's like, those are like lessons that were like hard fought, hard won and learned through like hiring and firing people. Right. Um, really, really hiring is like at its core, what you really want to look for is like, is this person somebody who believes in what you do? If they believe in what you do, you can convince them to go the extra mile and the extra mile is what it takes to have a good employee.
Yeah, cause my so I've I've had two goals at an agency, right? My first goal, I started with a high school friends, um, and we were partners, um, and I had to fire him for the agency because it just didn't work out. And like you said, that I, I felt like I had failed him because like I didn't put him in, like in the best position. But at the same time, I didn't know what I was doing either. Like you know what I mean? I was just I was just winging everything. Um, and that one, like it, I, it hurts to fire people, and especially like I feel like it's even worse when you have to like fire a friend because it's like damn, like, like the relationships like never like the same. Like you feel me, especially like if your business starts to take off, you know, because um, then 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 they always be like, damn, remember when we was like partners? Damn, that could have been me. Um, so I, I get that part. I, I I guess like the part for me is that I'm like I'm a people's person, right? And I'm like. I, I trust, I'm a, I'm a little bit too trusting whenever it comes to people. So I know that I can't be the one that leads like all the hiring interviews because everything is just going to sound great. Like, you know what I mean? All that enthusiasm was like, yeah, okay, cool. I found someone. But like you said, like I have to make sure that before I hire them, that, that veil comes down. Um, another thing that I also thought about before I hire someone, especially if they're local, like even based in the United States, is that like going out with them like a night out in town. You feel me? Just going to go see like how they move outside of the business world, right? Not that it matters to me, but I get along with people and I work best with people who are, are similar to me. Like you feel me outside of like outside of business, right? That we're similarly inclined because if I know your motivations outside of business, right? That's something that I can harp on. And I feel like that's something that would make me a better employer, right? As like an incentive thing, because I believe in like profit sharing. You know what I mean? I believe that when I hire my team, like the profits, it's like, cool. I want to keep a nice portion of the pie, but I do want to redistribute it around like my team members. Because um, that's what my mom did. And she was able to always get like the best out of her employees. You know what I mean? Because they have skin in the game. You know what I mean? Because like that one, two percent, it adds up year over year over year. Um, and so my next question is, where do you get, where do you see yourself in the next like five to 10 years? So whenever you do turn 30 or 35, like where do you see yourself like Nick, the entrepreneur? I hope to see myself in a desk like this with my head down in front of a computer screen at 12 o'clock at night, working to the point where I feel like my head's going to explode. Um, I love, I love the grind, dude. Like I love the hustle and I don't think I'll ever stop. Like, I don't, I, I don't think that, you know, like I, I just legitimately don't think I'll ever stop doing this no matter what, like my business take off, right. Or if they keep going in the trajectory that they're going, or if, you know, they all crash and burn. I don't, I will never really stop. I, I love this. I'm addicted to it. I love building. I love, I love working with people. I love, I love the hustle. I love entrepreneurship. And so 30 years from now, like I hope to see myself doing the same thing. If I have a bigger office, great. If I'm under a bridge socks, hope I can get food, but at least I can still try to find a way to make it work. Right. Um, I, I don't know. I guess, I'll, I guess I'll be happy as long as I just have like, work in front of me that I can do and like I can still keep putting my own ventures uh, in terms of like one thing I've realized is that like trajectory is an exponential thing so the 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 curve just gets steeper and steeper the closer and closer you get to where you want to go and with that in mind like I don't really know where I'm going to be like where I am today like I had no I do like we started like only a year ago and now I'm like in like an office and like an, like a, like a tower in downtown Dallas. Right. Like I didn't expect to be here ever, to be honest. Like I thought this is something that's like after five years of business, you make it to this, but 
you realize that like once this once it starts raining, it's it's pouring, right? And so five years from now, if I can continue on my trajectory, I don't know where I'll be, but I can tell you that you'll find me in front of a computer screen working. And if I'm there, I'm happy. Yeah, because remember me and Dennis talk, he always talk, he always talks about like how you just grind. How like like you're like the definition of like a true like workaholic. And I respect that. Because like even for me myself, right? I, I'm able to knock out long periods of work. Um, I go to bed every night at like five, six o'clock in the morning. Um, but on the weekend, right, when the weekend hits, that's when I, you know, it's like, okay, I'm not touching my computer. You know, I just spent like the last five days just going to bed late as shit, waking up early as fuck. So on the weekend, I'm just going crazy, you know, just chilling, having fun, going to nice dinners. And so I, I always respect like the people who like they get it, they get it that like the main thing is the main thing, right? Because sometimes I do put like the business on the back burner because like sometimes, especially when it was just me by myself for like the longest time. Bro, I was just like, you know what? I'm taking two weeks off. No sales calls, no emails being sent, just straight doing client work and just maintain what I have on right now. And then as like time progressed, I was just like, dang, whenever I do that, the cash flow stops. And I can't afford to do that if I want to reach like my goals. Um, you know what I mean? And so I know where you want to be as a person, right? You you want to be in the same spot, just in just on a different level, right? Still behind the computer, still grinding. And so do you think that you're going to start more businesses, right? Or do you think that you're just going to keep optimizing like the two that you already have into the point to where like you're just printing money out the sky? You know, you just you sit back and you just have money coming here, money coming there, money coming here, money coming there. And now you're just managing people, um, whatever, you, whatever, you, whatever you do on a day-to-day -day basis. The beautiful thing about operations is that the most important, the most valuable asset you'll ever have is like cash flow, your cash pile that keeps your business running. But your most valuable assets is your time. The art of the art of operations is the art of leveraging your time to run a business. And so, one thing that I love to do is create systems, put people inside systems that allow them to grow, allow them to develop, and then allow the company to continue moving towards its goals. And so. Um, all, every single business I start always heads towards a trajectory of self-maintenance, right? Cash flow default alive, post cash flow default alive, right? It runs itself day to day and then the problems become much clearer to solve. And um, so to answer your question directly, I am definitely gonna be starting more businesses. Depending on the trajectory of success that I find, I potentially in the future like to get involved in angel investing. Uh, I want to do like I want to do like social impact investing, right? And initiatives and, and companies and organizations that are more interested in doing like social good and helping people. Um, as well, I could see myself getting into like real estate stuff like that, um, kind of just acquiring many different. I kind of taking more of like the Bill Gates model, where these like the Bill Gates Foundation is investing, where you know they they've invested in so many different industries, they've invested in you know so many different businesses across so many different like 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 locations industries like all these things to where he has relative liquidity on his investments if he needs to pull them out but also if there's a huge economic downturn because of the diversity of his investments right he also does have a manner or a degree of security around those assets and i would like to do something similar like that myself and sit on the table of, of innovative startups i think something that's I think something that's equally as in star as something that's equally as exciting as like operations and helping people, right, is like exciting innovative ideas, ideas that break the mold, ideas that 
that people tell you is crazy. Like I love that because one thing that I've learned growing up is that people will always tell you you're wrong until you're right, right? But by the time you're right, it doesn't matter. So why does it matter in the first place? It's all about staying true to your conviction, to your idea, and then understanding your vision. That's why it's called your vision, because you see it. And I like to share that experience of the vision with people. I like hearing ideas that are like crazy, because every, every idea that's crazy is just the right system, the right team away from becoming something that disrupts the way we all live. Like everything we have is built by us. These computers, the internet, that painting behind you, right? That hoodie that you're wearing was made by somebody somewhere. There's not a single thing in this world that was just like manifested, right? Like beyond that, like we all make it. And so we can decide what that is. And for me, like, I think there's a higher degree of risk and uncertainty associated to um, like innovative ideas, but there's also a higher reward. And I just like, I like the idea of that. So I want to get involved in companies like that. So really to like, so like summarize like my answer, like I want to have like an investment portfolio or I diversify different industries, right? For some relative protection, some relative ease of liquidity, depending on where they are, what market segment those companies are in. But then as well, I want to get involved in like a venture arm potentially or angel, private angel investing where I work on innovative ideas. And then also get involved in like nonprofit charitable organizations because I think that I think that if you have the opportunity to give back to help people that are displaced and are able to help themselves through the circumstances, which can happen so quickly to anybody, right? Things can spiral out of control for anybody and just comes unmanageable. I want to be able to help those people. If you can, you don't have to, but you definitely have the opportunity to help. You should, because that's a real human being with a life. They had a family, they have feelings and their suffering is just as real as your enjoyment you get every day for your hard work. And I refuse to kind of write off people that are in like bad situations. It's like, oh, they're lazy. They can't work. Right. I, I'm a firm believer is like just as well as like things can go right. They all add up at the same time. Everything can go wrong at just the right time. And you cannot recover from that. I believe that that's very true. And so that's kind of where I see myself. I think my, I think my natural next step right now with my companies is getting to a point where I dial in my operations to kind of let them become more self-sufficient kind of where I am right now. Like I'd say both my businesses are on like a trajectory of like by this like quarter. So to be completely hands off, I'm just looking at data and making decisions on data. Um, and then kind of after I'm doing this, like optimizing their growth and kind of getting involved in more projects, I want to have, I want to be involved in like 10 businesses by the time I'm 25, like, like probably. Like, I think that that would be my goal. And so like, yeah, I think that's for sure. Because where I optimize, where I specialize, is helping people put together the systems that allow teams to succeed and would allow and allow people to leverage their time. And so if I do what I do properly in the right business, I don't have to spend a lot of time there. I do an upfront investment and then I get dividends paid out, right? So I think that's where my capability lies. And I think that's what every, I think that's one of the biggest things every entrepreneurship should, every entrepreneur should focus on is like finding ways to leverage your time. That's literally all, that's literally all this game is. Does that make sense? No, yeah, that, that makes complete sense. Um, it's, it's always interesting asking people like what, what their goals are because my goals are completely different, right? I eventually want to get to the point where I can sell my agency, you know, maybe for like a two, three, five X multiple, whatever, like the most amount of money that I could get. I want to sell my agency and kind of get into different avenues. Um, and I think I want to own a lot of small businesses. 
You know what I mean? I want to own like a plumber, like 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 a, like a plumber um business. I want to own an electrician business. I want to own like all like all like the contractor stuff that you guys do. I want to own a business like that because those are true and tested businesses. Everyone's going to need those no matter where society takes us. You know, there's always going to be toilets. There's always going to be electric like like electric circuits that go out. Um, and so for me, like the agency is something that I enjoy doing it. But if I can sell it, I'm going to sell it. Right, because I could always go start a new one, and I'll be right back where I, where I was at because I'm still gonna. Well, it depends on like the contract, but I still might have like the same deck of clients. You feel me? Or, and I know because I've had two, three, four, five, ten years of experience on how to get clients. That that's nothing, right? Um, and so that's that's really where I want to go because like I, I feel like that's like the true. That's like the Super Bowl, right? Whenever you have like the merging acquisition, you're going through that, right? That's like your playoffs, the Super Bowl, and everything leading up to that. Right, you're just grinding, in my opinion, to sell your company, um, because like as entrepreneurs, right, we don't really have a way to keep track on how successful we really are, besides on how much money your company makes every single month, how much profit that you retain every single year, and then at, at the end of it, if you decide to, how much you sell your company for, you feel me? And that's like the holy grail, right? Because when you sit, sit around like the, the older entrepreneurs that are like 50, 60, 70 years old, right, that have sold their businesses, right. That's like the biggest comparison, right? Because they all might have been in different industries, but okay, I sold my company for 10 million. You sold your company for 15. Now let's see how we can get our sons, our children, our daughters to maybe to get to this point. You take your expertise, I take my expertise and boom, we, we meld them together. And then now we have this wide breadth of like a hundred years of expertise when it comes to entrepreneurship. Um, so I personally think, right, that as an entrepreneurship, you shouldn't really focus on only have only being friends with other entrepreneurs because you like you find yourself in the, like the comparison game, like you know what I mean. Like I'm, he has he's, he has this agency, we have similar agencies, but he's right here, I'm right here. Fuck, I'm I'm, I'm failing. But in reality, that's not the point because I can't compare where I'm at right now to where you're at right now because we had two different journeys. We we're, we're walking two different paths of life, right? We we, we all might be on the same hike. Right, we're all going to the same height, same mountain, but we're all taking different routes to get to the same spot. Um, and so, I also do want to touch on like the point that you had that you made about giving back to the community. Um, that's something that I started doing recently, and it was because I myself had hit a rough patch where it just seemed like I was just like I couldn't do anything right. You know what I mean? Like business was business was all right that was like the only thing that i was like okay cool this is the only thing that i can't fuck up because if this fucks up bro like I'm, I'm i'm done like business wasn't doing right um like spiritually i wasn't doing right physically i had to let myself go then like mentally i was just like all over the place and i was just like all right cool like what's like the root cause of all of this and it was all because like i was living like a very like hedonistic lifestyle um full of gluttony i was just like materialistic shit this materialistic shit that Right. And I just had to sit back and like take a step away and be like, okay, cool. I'm very fortunate to be in this position. Right. I know how it feels to feel like your whole world around you is crumbling. Right. And so let me go give back to the people who aren't in the position that I am in. Right. And that actually brings me more joy. Right. Than like going to go get a new pair of shoes, going to go get like, a, like all like the new shit that I want. Right. Just giving back to people who are less fortunate than me. It just brings me joy because it's like, okay, cool. This is more impactful than me going to go add to my collection of materialistic shit that I'm going to get tired of a week later. You know what I mean? Um, it's like a homeless guy 
that I talk to every time I see them, we go have like 45 minute conversations, buy him a pack of smokes, buy him a beer, and we just chop it up. And just from talking to him, he was always telling me, he was like, your life could go one or two ways very quickly, right? I wasn't always like this, right? I made one bad decision and it shaped the rest of my life, right? And he's telling me like, just make sure like when you go out, right? Nothing's as serious as it seems. The people that you keep around you, right? That's gonna be like the biggest factor of it. And it's just like, just talking with him, I've learned more about life and what could go wrong than like talking to anyone else. You feel me? Because he has literally nothing to lose. You feel me? So it's always been like the raw, uncut data. And so I really think that everyone should go give back to your community because you'll learn a lot about not only yourself, but about like the world in general. Um, and so I agree. I have one last question for you, and then we're gonna wrap things up. Um, so what advice would you give back to give give to yourself, right? To maybe like someone who maybe is walking a similar walk to life that you were walking, maybe when you were in college, right? Right before you decided to drop out and start your business um, and go work for the roofing company, then progress to the agency. What advice would you give to someone who might have just dropped out of school, right? And they're kind of lost and they're kind of deciding, okay, I, I know I want to get into marketing. I want to have an agency, but they don't know what's the best route to go by doing it. What advice would you give them? Simple sales, simple sales and agile scales. If you want to go make money, if you don't know somebody in your media network and your idea is not simple enough to go sell to them immediately, your idea is too complicated. Um, you have to start simple with your business ideas to give yourself room to make mistakes and still keep going. The more complicated your idea is, the more moving parts you have, the less feasible it becomes. You want something simple. Like we started out with a very simple idea. Let's create a Facebook ad. The guy will pay for it. We create the copy, we get his photos, we run it. If it works, great, he pays us. If it doesn't work, no problem. We'll fix it, we'll pivot, we'll, we'll make it work with somebody else. But doing complicated ideas will lead to your failure in, in business. The complicated comes after you've proven your approach, after you've proven your business, right? You want to just start simple with everybody you work with. You need to be able to describe your idea or what you're going to do in like two sentences. If it's less, if it I mean, if it's more than that, like you have too complicated. And if you don't know, if you don't know somebody where you can go start it like immediately, it's not good enough. Like if you want to go start like a home service business, you don't know how to plumb, you don't know how to fix a roof, that's fine. You have a neighbor, they have a yard, bet, go mow it. What's your business idea? I'm going to go, I want to go mow your yard, you give me $40. I'll edge it, I'll mow it. How many people can you go approach that with? How many homeowners? Who, which family member could you go do it, right? Done and done. How much money do you need to get started? Oh, you need a hundred bucks to go buy a mower? Get a family and friends around, right? Tell them, give me a hundred bucks, I'll pay it back after I mow three yards. How long does it take you to mow a yard? An hour and a half. Line up, line up four in a day, go mow four. Oh, it's hard if you do that physically, go work out. Start eating healthier, right? Drink more water. You have water, we have, one thing that people have in the United States is if you like live in good situations, like you have really good, easy access to water anywhere. Most restaurants will give you water for free. You guys for a water code, right? Like that's an idea that you can start. Like that's something you can do immediately. Or like a friend of mine wanted to start like an Airbnb business. He's never started a business before. And I was like, well, what are the, what other do you things do you have? He's like, well, I also have a truck. And I was like, okay, you should just go start doing like a throwaway business. Go pick up trash and throw it away for people at like construction sites. 
He's like, well, how would I start that? It's like simple. Go on like a Facebook group on Facebook where they have like construction groups and make a post and they're saying you'll do, you'll take their trash out of their job sites or just go look at the posts that are already in there. And I, he went on there and lo and behold, there's like 10 posts of people like, Hey, I have all this trash. Can somebody move it? I was like, dude, just go buy a tarp, throw it over the back bed of your truck and go get you and go throw it. Right. Take you an hour. But I tell you what, like your current job, wherever you're working, even if you're working corporate, you're making a competitive salary. If you're making 60 bucks an hour, like it's very competitive. You spend an hour of your time throwing away trash. You make 150 bucks. You're doubling that on the border of tripling that how much time is how much is your time valuable and so simple sales and then as you build systems and people agile scales keep your system simple and keep them lean and your costs low well there you have it guys wise words from the operational god nick regis um where can the people find you at bro uh you guys can find me on instagram at nick b Brigus. okay yep and so there you guys have it. Another episode of the Allocast. We'll see you guys later.